Welcome, everybody. Welcome. I'm Shaylin Svinth. And I'm Aubrey Beyer. And you're listening to The Resolute. In the spring of 1837, Catherine and Charles had their first baby named Charles. <laughs> also named <laughs> Boring. Charles. I know. That's so um, funny. For some reason, I was just blanking on her name. So that's why oh. I paused for so long. I was like, like, why? I, I don't know why. 25. Um, it wasn't coming to me. But um, so they moved to Bloomsbury Street in London. And Catherine's sister, Mary Hogarth, moves in with them. Okay. And this ends up kind of being a theme. And a lot of people speculate whether Mary had a romantic relationship with Charles. Scandal. But she was only living with them for a couple of months. And so I don't know. But he, he definitely just really adored her yeah and she got sick and ended up dying in his arms oh my god and so i don't know (laughs) i don't know if it was like right like a romantic a romantic relationship or or not i'm hoping not because you know that's messed up yeah (laughs) but i don't know and it could be like i don't think that's too abnormal especially like i don't know he he's the oldest of a lot of children and second second oldest right Yeah. yeah um and so, like, I don't know, I feel like when you have a lot of younger siblings like that, and you then, care like, for them. you go into a family that also has younger siblings, mm-hmm. there's just, like, a different kind of a connection. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he could also have been just... No, you're right, though. I mean, there around. probably, there could have just been, like, the sense <laughs> yeah. of wanting to care. Yeah. Because his brother had also moved in with them. Okay. One of his brothers, yeah. Frederick. Yeah. So... I mean, like, and if you're opening your home like that, like, I don't know, like, come on, come live with us, yeah. you know? Like, that's... I don't know. I know. You don't do that just because you have a nefarious purpose, generally, I feel like. No, you're right. <clears throat> yeah. No, I agree. Maybe. And that's why I I, yeah. I choose to... You're like, I don't know. I don't know about that. There's no record to indicate such. I think it's just because she died in his arms. In his arms. And right. he had really cared for her. Right. That, it, to me, it made me think of... Um, have you ever seen Little Women? Mm-mm. Um, so, oh, I think I've... I feel like... Something we've talked we've about, talked about yeah before. but there's a character in little women and his name is Lori, mm-hmm. and he um the march sisters are who the story is based on and there's four of them and he just like he just loves the family he loves all the girls he ends up marrying one of them in the end so Lori, he just loves the family he wants to be like in immersed in the family itself and that kind of is what i think of with like charles dickens and the hogarth sisters right because another sister later comes to live with them too right yeah and it would be like totally absurd if like you're just trying to run through all these sisters yeah and with this other sister there was no romantic relationship it was just like you know so um but he he the death of Mary really took its toll on the family, but especially Charles. I think it clearly sounds very traumatic, right. you know, and um, they end up staying in uh, Hampstead Heath for a month, which I think is like more out in the countryside. Um, he was late for the June copy of the Pickwick papers Mm -hmm. so he's on this these deadlines with these magazines and he's supposed to be putting these out monthly 
And then he also had to cancel his Oliver Twist installment for that month because he just was so distraught. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, he met a man named John Forster during this time, and John really helped Charles get back on top of his obligations, and he became basically his business manager. Right. And um, everybody needs somebody like that. <laughs> You yeah, know, yeah. like that can kind of be like, Manage okay, this you, is what we're yeah. doing. This is when we're doing it. And I'm going to hold you accountable to it. Yeah, especially like creatives. Like, because a lot of times people with the creative mind, they could sit there and put things out. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, to continue on, finish a project and in a timely manner. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's like tends to be, I've seen that with, with creatives I know. Anyway, yeah. That's funny. I know. It's like. All right. It's like, all right, what are we going to do with this? Let's corral this and make something happen here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what's really incredible to me is that at a young Queen Victoria, she would would only have been about 19 years old at this time, would read his works. She loved, she would look forward to the next one coming out. And in my mind, I'm like, if you want any sort of reform, the fact that you're getting the attention of the Queen of England yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what he would write about were like conditions of the poor and right. the conditions of the common people rather right. than the aristocracy and how they're treated. And that's probably why they, the stories were so popular, too, because it's like people, the lowly can relate mm-hmm. to this, you know, and then probably... For people like, you know, if you're the queen of England, you're um, at a very different level. So it's almost like getting to peer into a different lifestyle, yeah. you know, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, around this time, this is really random. It's the only time I heard of him doing anything crazy, <laughs> but he had really taken a liking to a woman named Eleanor Picken who was the fiance of a friend of his. Oh. Okay. And she was not reciprocating his flirtations. Okay. He picks her up one evening, like physically picks her up <laughs> and runs down to the ocean with her. I don't have any more context on the story other than this, okay? <laughs> and tells her that they could just drown in the sad sea waves. <laughs> Oh, so, that poor woman. Can she, you imagine? Oh, um, she avoided him entirely after that. Like how terrifying! And it's so weird, and it's so creepy. That's so creepy. It's super creepy. Like that's the kind of thing where it's like, "Where's your rifle, John?" You know? I <laughs> like, know. So like, I don't know. We if... gotta shoot this guy. <laughs> Welcome to America, I guess. I don't it's know. <laughs> so it's so bizarre. So I don't know if he was just still mourn in mourning and just kind of like losing it i but, don't know. like and it's funny because like knowing that he's a writer so it's like okay i he's a dramatic man like right and an emotional man yeah and so it's like i understand these weird creepy <laughs> words but it's like you can't be doing that that's super yeah. creepy my guy like and there's no ew. record of him doing anything remotely close to that ever again but also this... he has a wife and children at home yes or at least one child yeah you sicko <laughs> i know it yeah it's very strange don't like that she got away and she was fine but to the ocean can you imagine so bizarre terrifying i hate that i know i hate that too i just want to trip him yeah you know yeah right into the concrete (laughs) like charles and then maybe 
slap him a few times. Take his face a little bit. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> Rub it on the, on the concrete. Oh anyway. Just, gosh, it's just, it's very strange. It's very so, disturbing. Everyone has their demons, and apparently his <laughs> is snatching other people's fiancés and running off with them just for a moment. And that was a friend of his? I have to assume they never spoke again. I wouldn't. If it were me. If it were me, I'd be slapping like, him upside the head for sure. Maybe you have forgotten, Charles, but I did not forget when you snatched up my fiance and ran to the ocean. It said something that creepy about dying in the ocean. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. But. That's a moment. It's a moment. It's he not a good a one. <laughs> not a good one. All right. Um, in 1841, he <laughs> takes kind of a break. Clearly, I think he was just like... You just need a second. He needed a moment. And he took a two-month tour of Scotland. Okay. And then tells um, Forster, his business manager, that he's going to America. (laughs) Okay. Just to, like, visit and tour and... What is going on with his wife and child at this point in time? Well, his wife and child go with him. Okay. They're, They're together during these... Okay. Yeah, sorry, I didn't okay. explain that. Yeah. Okay, I was like, I don't know, I was just picturing like, he like was just, just up and frolicking around, because like, I guess the kid would have been like six at that point, something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, probably six. Okay. <laughs> like, that's rude. <laughs> I'm like, I'd be like, uh, no, you can't just go to America for two months, my guy, come back. What <laughs> like, are you doing? Um... <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh. So in 1842, um, he and Catherine and his, he doesn't take the children to okay. America, but he and Catherine go together. And um, Catherine's other sister, her name is Georgina. She moves in back in England with them right. and she takes care of the children back home okay. while they're gone. Cause they've got um, several children at this right. point. And um, this first visit to the United States was really eye opening for him because he had heard about slavery and in America. Yeah. Um, but he saw it firsthand because, you know, this is in the 40s, right. 1840s. Yeah. And he writes, it's called American Notes for General Circulation. And um, he stated that runaway slaves were disfigured by their masters. He writes, just on the conditions and how these people are treated. And he's very much against slavery and um, openly states that in his notes. Later he would go a second time and that's where, as we were talking about earlier, he visits the Perkins Institute for the Blind. And um, he also really wanted to see an American prairie. Okay. Which I, (laughs) like... The Great Prairies. I know. And which... It sounds funny right. to my Western United States brain, but I am like, that must have been quite so the exciting. Because well, I think even now, probably in that time period, the landscape has changed significantly. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think we have the opportunity to truly see like, like the great prairie. prairies yeah. as they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine it's got to be, it must have been just such a sight yeah you know? like land for as far it, as you yeah. can see you know too, you think about like oh it's just some grass okay but like i don't know you don't realize like just how many different kinds of grasses and yeah. flowers and, and all it the really does go and... on forever, forever like for as far as you can see like, you know it like we'll we'll never 
I'll know. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't even. Is there any prairie land like that anymore? I don't. I, I know don't there think is. So, but... I. I mean, even just when I was driving through Kansas, okay. There was, I swear, from <laughs> Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Through Kansas, it's just a straight road. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's just like. Just grassland. Grassland. That's so interesting. Ever. I literally ever. can't imagine. Yeah. Because I kind of had like I drove through Idaho and there was a road like that where it was like three hours and it was just straight and it was like you're like what's happening? But it's all farms, you know. You like look at your clock to make sure time hasn't frozen. You're, and like, you're not like been... stuck in some weird yeah, warp. <laughs> I'm having like a weird seizure or something like. But anyway, so I, I have to imagine though that seeing like true prairie. Yeah be a lot different than you know just yeah. a desert road and it was like and all that. people were starting to move out west right so it was you know a great expansion yeah, it was like it really must have been like so thrilling to hear about i would want to see it too yeah he had also heard about like his work being pirated okay. in the united states okay which is classic america Very. you know so he would do lectures throughout the U.S. and um, was learning about, like, the copyright laws and discussing that. The, this is also very American. The United States press was, un, you know, just had this attitude that he should just be happy with being as popular as he is. Yeah. That's all you need. Popularity. Like, you don't need the finances to go with it, you idiot. That's, a, that's for me. The, the finances, <laughs> but also, like, your work is being taken and... People are living but, off like, of your what? work, basically. It's so, like, yeah. it's so messed up. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> he got a true taste of America right there. Absolutely. He got the gambit. Gosh. That's really funny. <laughs> I know. So um, he gets back home at last. And in 1843 is when he writes A Christmas Carol. Okay. Which, again, is like one of the most famous... Pro- I would say as far as general population that I know of right. where we are at, like the most famous of his works. I think there's been Absolutely. the most adaptations that yeah. it's the most widely known story. And I feel around. like even if you've never watched the movie, read the book, you still know the story, you know? Yeah. You, you know, know the story, you know, the ghost of you Christmas bug, past, you know, but yeah, yeah. Scrooge, Scrooge, you know, just the whole, mm-hmm. it's so iconic. He's it's the only reason we all know the name Ebenezer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would never know that name. <laughs> Otherwise. Ebenezer. Yeah. What a name. Ebenezer Scrooge. It's a good name. It's such a great it's name. It's a good name. This, the writing of this story brought about an entire new excitement for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So okay. his story is truly one of the catalysts for Christmas being what we know it to be oh, today. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? I was just thinking about this actually because like obviously Christmas is like very commercialized by this product, do this thing, pay this money. But there are so many like traditions and then around the world there's different traditions and so I was kind of wondering about like I wonder why cuz it's like a huge like even if you don't celebrate Christmas in like a religious sense, mm-hmm. you're still celebrating some way yeah. you know and so it's like that's interesting that's a i know that's a wow that's cool <laughs> i know it's really cool so this like new excitement for christmas just spread like wildfire in america mm. and britain because of this book i know how fascinating it's really cool culture is so fascinating like that 
you could write a story and then people just like conglomerate to whatever you were writing about like mm-hmm. and then that's still like obviously that still happens today but that's just always how people have been i imagine I like that's just really fascinating in may 1846 angela burdett coots she was heir to the coots um like dean coots no they have, <laughs> wrong coots. what is dean coots he's an author He's oh, probably not. Bajillion books, but that's no, they today, so <laughs> never mind. They had um, they were like bankers. Okay, and so she was heir to their fortune. I wish I was a bank heiress. Me too, or pineapples. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. But she approaches Dickens about she wants to open like a home for women, okay. for fallen women, as they would be called, you know, women that have gone into prostitution or unwed mothers, Mm. that sort of thing. And um, they together created a Urania cottage. And this provided like shelter, safety, a place for the women to go where they were cared for. Mm. And they would help them get good work instead of, you know, unsavory work. And in order for the women to graduate, quote unquote, from the Urania cottage, it kind of makes me think of like a um, rehab facility. Right. Yeah. They would need to be like, you know, find good work and move on that way or get married. They would help them get married. Right. Because that's just the times, you know, like that was. There just wasn't a lot of opportunities right. for women to work. So it really wasn't. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, that's really cool, though, that, like, to, I don't know, that's in the Bible. It always talks about helping, like, widows and orphans and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, like, because of, like, being in a time where women didn't have There's opportunities not, exactly. to Exactly. There's not opportunity. And so it's, like, it's just great that, like, you know, they yeah. actually were doing that. Yeah. And, and I wonder, too, I, I think... I'm so glad he participated in that because he had had such a difficult mentality about women in regards to like his own mother. Right. I'm hoping that, well, I don't know if it really changed him because, well, there's another unsavory thing I'm going to tell you in a little bit, but, um, the duality of people, you know, I know to do good and to do bad. You know, and he did so much good, but then there's also, you know, these things that you're like, like, what? Why? I know. (laughs) I know. Um, in 1845, he became the editor of London's daily news. He was there for 10 weeks and then resigned Mm -hmm. and he had disagreements with the paper's co-owners. And I wonder too, though, I mean, when you're freelance for so long, I feel this way sometimes. It's like we had run our own business for so long. The thought of having to work for somebody its yeah. feels, it seems strange in my mind. It's challenging. I mean, I work for somebody right now, but she's right. amazing and like it's different, you know? You have a good dynamic. Yeah. And that, that makes such a big difference. Yeah. Not being able to have your thoughts and opinions heard or mm-hmm. feel like it doesn't matter yeah. what you're coming up with, you know, right. like, I know that's it would be really hard. Yeah. The next year he met Alexander Dumas who wrote, you know, the Count of Monte right. Cristo. Right. Okay. Musketeers. Oh, dang. and Victor Hugo, 
who just finished his book, right. Les Miserables, right. um, among others. I'm so jealous. How fast. <laughs> what an interesting time in I history. Know. Gosh, just so much good writing happening during that era. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Man. How interesting. That's cool. Um, because shortly after, he started writing the book, David Copperfield. This is on my next read list. So this book <laughs> was, is, I had never heard of it. No. Um, well, oh, because it, it's like a, is it's it like a, a magician or something? Okay. Is I had no idea this was a book. Yeah. He's... Well, it has nothing to do with the man. Okay. This man doesn't look at all like, I think I'm thinking of somebody else still. <laughs> But the name struck yeah. home. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, so the book David Copperfield is what I was talking about earlier. It's like his unofficial, uh, unofficial autobiography. Oh, okay. So it's all fictional characters, but so much of it reflects the story right. of his life. Right. And so I'm really interested in reading that. Um, it ended up being his own personal favorite book that he wrote right. too. So I'm like, Ooh, I really want to read yeah. it. In 1856, he purchased a place, a home called Gads Hill place. I, I love you when homes have a name. <laughs> I so love cool. that. You know, so a lot of the houses around here have names and I think that's so yeah, cool. I do too. I'll have to tell you about one of the houses around here that's for sale, but I can't look up anything online. Maybe your father can get me more information about it i'll ask him Um, anyway oh okay about that later um this was in higgum kent and this is so sweet but he would pass by this house as a child all the time and it was a home that he would always look at and it was his dream to own it someday that that is so sweet precious i I know that i know that's like I know. So he bought it. Wow. It's, it's awesome. That's like, he. this man's making his dreams come true. You he know? is. That's yeah. so cool. In 1856, he wrote a play called The Frozen Deep. And this was a satire on a tragedy, honestly, that had happened. Um, so it was kind of an interesting choice. But one of the actresses that was hired for the play was named Ellen Turnan. It could be Turnan. But I like turn on. It sounds fancy. And um, he falls in love with her. I know. Insert eye roll. <laughs> he was 45 years old and she was 18. <gasps> no. Even for that time, Young I feel blood. like that's, that <laughs> that's is a much. not. 18? Yeah. Ah, I know. Divorce back then, he re- would really put a stain on his reputation. Right. So this is, I told you there was another unsavory. This is awful. He attempted to have Catherine institutionalized for not loving their children. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Yep, that's what they did back then. I feel like, okay, I know his struggle with his own mother. Mm -hmm. And I honestly don't believe he would have put up with a wife that did not love their children. Right. And after that amount of time, like... It's so I late, just feel like there's I mean? no way. There's yeah. no way that like she he's gotta be making that. Right. Up. I think he just I think he's being oh it's he's awful. Being gross. So they end up separating. She did not get institutionalized. Thank and God. this also makes me so mad because this would have been oh, okay. I, well, I guess it's before he goes 
back to the United States because I think he visited some mental institutions when he went back. So hopefully when he did that, he realized he realized awful. what he almost did. Right. Because Especially that is messed up. If he's, you know, kind of like, oh, I want to help the less than and everything like that to do that. It's I like know. really messed up. It really is. But especially after he had this home I that know. he built it's for women. And then he's going to put his wife in that exact position. I know. And then he like buys his childhood home for his Sick. family. Yeah. So that's messed up. They dude. separate and Catherine took one of their children with her. There's later in, in life, he burned a ton of correspondence and letters and, um, and like journal entries. And so we don't, there's not a lot of information clearly there were things that he had said that he wasn't proud of and didn't want anyone to find out about. Right. So they separated and good thing because clearly he just wasn't the man she had married either. You know, it sounds too like he fame's getting to his head a little bit. Yeah. Like he's almost, he's like idealistic, you know? Yeah. And, Oh, and, but it's like the unfortunate fact is that sometimes negative things happen in life and you have to be able to work around that yeah. and grow from it. But you can't just be like, oh, that's it. You're, you it don't out. love my children and you're going to the institution. I know. There. It's, yeah, it's pretty horrendous. So, um, but her, Catherine's sister, Georgina, stays at Charles' home and raises the children. Which is so, it's just very, it's all it's very strange to me. Um, I can get it because, like, you care for the children. And she's been there this whole time. But and she, it's almost like it's her home. Yeah. You know? And he, like, to her defense at some point mentions that, like, she gave up the best of her years right. to raise her sister's children. Which, the way he said it, I mean, there's two sides to right. every coin. Right. And he, you know, the way that he had talked about Georgina staying and um, with the raising the children, he says, you know, that the sacrifices that she made to care for her sister's children, clearly something, you know, like I'm not saying Catherine was flawless. I don't know anything about her, but it definitely led to suggest that Catherine left the kids there so that is possible too it's just just, the whole thing is just terrible and then trying to institutionalize her is so and then yeah you have to go back on to if they have multiple children and you're a woman and you can't get a job what are you supposed to do yeah how can you take all the children you know like it's just an awful situation turnan and dickens would remain lovers for the rest of his life so he was very much monogamous you yeah. know in his relationship with her but that's really yeah it's just fascinating because I, I do know like there are people who just kind of have a well, i don't know kind of like what free love mentality kind of mm-hmm. a thing and they're out there but that doesn't seem to be quite what he is after right either. yeah but also for the young woman to participate you and know stay clearly it wasn't you know yeah. one-sided so he would do public readings and this is where he would get like a lot of money too for you know kind of like doing lectures but he would right. do these public readings and okay. people would just love to hear him read his work and 
and he was a very handsome man. So I think, you know, I can see like the appeal of like watching this handsome right. man reading his works. Right. Um, it, it's almost like celebrity status, I have to imagine. A hundred percent. Yeah. I can't think of a single famous person right now for whatever reason. Yeah. Because like... I mean, it would be one thing to buy the book or buy the magazine. Right. But to go and see and him in see person, them. like that's exciting. Well, yeah. Like all the conventions and stuff, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. So yeah. He did a huge benefit reading for the Great Ormond Street Hospital, which was needing tons of repairs, was about to go out of business, if you will. And he helped the hospital survive because so many people came to the reading and donated. Wow. So he would do things like that, too. That's cool. I know. In between 1858 and 1859... He did 129 readings. Wow. In 49 towns. Wow. So it's like going on tour. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's incredible. Oh, that's cool. And he, um, it was 49 towns in England, Ireland, and Scotland. That's so he was so like. so cool. Very cool. In 1859, A Tale of Two Cities was published. And this is, to many people, widely known to be the best novel of all time. Oh, Dang, I didn't I know. realize that. I've, so, I've heard of it, though. Yeah, me too. I, I and it. I mean, almost everybody has heard this opening line. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Huh. In 1861, he wrote Great Expectations, which is my mom's favorite book. Yeah. And I've seen the movie, okay. but it's another one that I'm like, I need to read that, you know? Do, do you ever wonder, like, why didn't our schools put this in our curriculum i don't know i do wonder that i'm so confused me too it's just they probably maybe it's because they focus more on american writers i don't know <laughs> we both just like squint eyes no, did they we never I don't read poe or anything mm. and oh we did well d- different school system <laughs> true true i read to kill a mockingbird Romeo i read and juliet yeah. I think that that's all the assigned reading. Maybe well, that's probably all something the English by... you get. Yeah, that's it. You get a, a little Shakespeare and that's it. That's it. <laughs> what were we doing the rest of the time, honestly? <laughs> what? Okay. Oh, End of Mice and Men. Great book, but... Yes. Anyway. Steinbeck. What about... Um... To be fair, okay, I only went to two years of high school because I did the Running Start program. And oh, so okay. I was in So college. you missed you missed the bulk so of it. So I probably, you know, maybe they did do all these things. No, know. but no, but we didn't read any Dickens. Okay. So. It's fascinating cuz I know. So the popular greatest and... novel of all time. Anyway, okay. Maybe I'll read that next. Yeah. Then David Copperfield. Yeah. Um in 1865 there was a this was so sad, but there was a rail crash in Kent. Mm. Um it was known as the Staplehurst rail crash. And he and um, his lady love were in one of the first class cars. And it was the only first class cabin that didn't. He could have died. Oh, he was in. He was in the crash. Oh, wow. And he and. um, Oh, my gosh. Ellen. Sorry. (laughs) I was like, I wanted to say Eleanor. Um, he and Ellen were in the first class cabin, and it was the only one that survived the crash. Isn't that unbelievable? What, that wouldn't that weird you out? So yeah, much? like that. That's got to be such a weird feeling. Yeah, he wow. saved many people. Um, he helped people that were dying. 
Dang. you know, just like get be comforted. And right. this he would have nightmares about this from that point on. And wow. he he would do travel any other method that he could find rather than Yeah. By rail when possible. That's understandable. Yeah. yeah. And he would often like Ellen would mention that when in writing places and they tried to keep their affair private like come on you guys spent the rest of his life together but um that's funny he would like white knuckle it if there was any jolt in the in the rail car Mm. which i totally get you know um so after that his second visit to the united states the civil war stopped him from going the first when he had first planned to right and then he ended up going to in 1867 Uh so he went to boston and he had a tour of his readings many different places um he started to feel ill during this tour and by the end of it he couldn't even eat solid foods like something was really going wrong inside um and it's very sad because he would have like fits of paralysis and then like moments of elation and then he had a stroke wow i was gonna say it sounds like dumas a little bit right somebody out here poisoning all the great writers Ooh, creepy what if wait no he wasn't the writer his sons were wait was he no no his son was yeah you're thinking of yeah toma yeah 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 but but that's interesting Mm -hmm. um so he had a first stroke in 1869 in april he got better from that i mean uh, better well enough to arrange more readings right and he did 12 more performances but on june 8th 1870 he had another stroke yeah and from this one he never regained consciousness oh gosh yeah so he died the following day wow at the age of only 58 wow so he was not very old you know and um he had always wanted an inexpensive burial he did he wanted like an unmarked stone but he was buried in poet's corner which I didn't know there was a poet's corner. I think that's so cool mm-hmm. of Westminster Abbey. Yeah, I was gonna say that's in Westminster, right? Yeah, yeah, like in Shakespeare and stuff is there. I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's oh yeah, so cool. oh yeah. It's a weird. It's weird, a little bit. Yeah, but but neat. But neat. Like honoring of the arts. Yeah, you know? yeah. Not just the royalty. Yeah. So that is yeah that is the. The story of Charles Dickens. How interesting. And I cannot wait to read David Copperfield because I feel like that's going to give me so much more insight into. Yeah. That's really, it's, it's really fascinating. Like, yeah, that I'm curious about, I don't know. You, you mentioned that he had like, um, you know, issues with women and he had like, you mentioned a couple of things. Was there anything else besides that, or is he did he just kind of have like a? No, I just think I think he no that that was really it like okay. just how he viewed like his mother in particular, and then I think 
you can kind of see that pour over into his relationship with his wife initially. Right. Okay. And okay. Um, he had certain expectations that maybe probably, was yeah. just from trauma in childhood. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I know. That's really unfortunate. But so much, the thing, one of the things I didn't go into because it's like all throughout his life names he had an extremely good memory right and he used names from his life experience in all of his stories How interesting. he would base characters there's a character that's based off of mary and georgina okay kind of combined yeah. the hogarth two of the hogarth sisters there's um, a couple characters that were based off of those women so he would take people in his real life experiences and put them in as fictional characters in his right. stories mm-hmm. and it's like amazing it's yeah. all throughout so that that's a whole nother i mean if you know if you all want to go and look into that on your own it's right. really cool just the way that he would use his experiences in his writing that's is so incredible cool. that's yeah. really interesting uh, yeah i'm gonna have to read some of these stories because and locations yeah. you know like so many of his locations or like his school right. and all of that is like redone. It's like, right. it's almost like each of his books is like a retelling of right. something he's experienced right. just in a different way. Right. Like he's using Jeff, definitely drawing that inspiration from his own life. Mm-hmm. And that's so cool. I know. How interesting. What a, what a character. I know. What an interesting life. And there's so many, it's just fascinating too. Like his, he could have gone so many different ways. Right. And then even with the acting career. Right. You know, he wanted to get into theater, missed the audition because he was sick. Yeah. And this, look at what we have because of it. Right. You know, yeah. isn't that wild to that's think of? so interesting. Hmm. So, yeah. That's Charles Dickens. That's Charles Dickens. If you guys have read any of Dickens' work, let us know. What's your favorite? Yeah. What's, what's your, your favorite? favorite story? Yeah. What's your favorite version of A Christmas Carol? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Black Adder, for sure. <laughs> Or Muppets, if you're Shaylin. It's just so good, okay? (laughs) It is pretty good. It really is. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Um, In the meantime, follow us on Instagram to keep updated about what we got going on. If you'd like to support us, you can do that over on Spotify or Patreon.com. And then, yeah, share us with your friends. Yeah. That's that. That's that. That's that. Close this chapter. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.